hello 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 again thank you for coming on um today we are going to be talking about something really amazing and i've entitled today's episode the fountains of the deep brook and i believe this is what's going to happen to you even as you listen to this podcast god's fountain of the deep of his love just going to break over your life and the water is just going to flow and fill you up and overflow and flood your environment wherever you are then his love will just overflow now as we start i want us to do well before we even go to the recap i would like to acknowledge the presence of my heavenly father our heavenly father um who has loved us with a great love the bible says this is love not that we love him but he first loved us and gave his son and that we just want to say thank you uh, i would like to say thank you to you know the king of kings and the lord of lords like without him we would be nothing he's the reason why we've even gathered here the bible says when two or more gathered in my name there i am in their midst meaning the lord jesus is here to just express and share his love with us and we just want to say thank you because he's the expression of the father's heart and lastly i would like to say thank you to that's dear holy spirit holy spirit we thank you so much for expressing the lord jesus in our lives and for making him real and helping us experience the love of the father we thank you so much now that oh lastly i would like to acknowledge the presence of my pastor okay apostle frederick aluma he's the one who teaches me and who grooms me that i should be the way i am today and whatever you're going to hear is a product of what i have learned from him all right he is an amazing man of god he's my shepherd he's my pastor he's my apostle awesome so a quick recap what is it that we learned in the last podcast so the last podcast we we learned we really learned about um the three kinds of love actually four but i named it the three kinds of love plus one so that was philos eros stoje and agape and we learned that agape is the highest and it is immeasurable it cannot be it has no conditions okay so god loves you unconditionally it is pure and it is perfect and the expression of that love is the lord jesus awesome so let us continue from there uh this week we are going to be talking about the fountains of the deep brook. So, objectives number one, we'll talk about the five languages of love. Number two, we are going to talk about agape, is the Father's nature. Number three, Jesus is the Father's love expression to us. Number four, you are the object of the Father's love. And number five, the fountains of the great deep brook. That's what we're going to talk about today. So let us start. So in 1992, a man called Gary Champ, he's an American relationship counselor. After his years of experience and counseling different couples, married people, he discovered that human beings or people have ways or in which they receive love. Okay. So he outlines five ways of expression and experiencing love between romantic partners. Okay, so Gary Chapman calls it love languages. So in summary, this book is about how everyone receives love in a way that they 
um there are, people have different ways to express and to experience love and as long as you're not ex- as long as you're not expressing love to your partner the way they think of what love is it would be hard for you it would be hard for them to experience the love that you're giving them the example i gave is um imagine you and your partner are from different parts of the world you are spanish and the person is french okay so now you want to express what you feel about them so now you begin to speak spanish but then because your partner does not understand they cannot experience the love that you are speaking you see that and if they want to say something to you you cannot experience their love but when they know your language they can speak it in your language and you will be able to catch it see that so now gary chapman in his book explains how people have five languages of love i think there might be more but from what he has experienced and what he's noticed there are only five okay he's talked of five so there is giving gifts or receiving gifts i mean quality time words of affirmation acts of service and physical touch okay so if your partner has the love language words of affirmation and for you it's we're going to pick on receiving gifts so you find that you might be giving them gifts but they still not feel love because their love language is words of affirmation okay they love to be affirmed they love to be told they are beautiful they love to be told they are amazing and for you you love gifts not very expensive but something's thoughtful okay so if somebody is spending time with you but not giving you gifts you still feel unloved awesome so that is going to apply um a little bit later but i found out when reading the bible that god has a love language and human beings have a love language as well and there's a universal love language that people understand okay so god has a love language there's a way he wants to be loved there's a way he's determined a standard to loving him and there's also how man perceives love so second part we're talking about agape agape is the nature of the father agape is the father's nature so john first john chapter 4 verse 7 to 21 the bible says beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god and anyone who does not love does not know god because god is love god is love so let's look at this word is now is uh, in the english okay what this denotes is it's having vested quality identity or nature or role of something that is specified or the thing that is being talked about so it denotes the nature of something so now an example if i say mr banda is sick it's showing me the state of what he is in right now but when i say mr banda is male it's showing me the nature of the man the same person okay therefore what nature means is the basic inherent features character qualities of someone or something so therefore a car is a car because it moves it's, it is an automobile meaning it it's automatic okay a car has certain similar things every car has similar things despite the shape or the change in the car 
cars have an engine and four wheels and they take you from one place to another now if you had a car which does not have wheels does not have an engine it's not a car why because a car has an engine and four wheels a phone what makes a phone a phone it's its ability to help you communicate in distant places now if your phone cannot communicate anymore why should you use it because it has lost its function and now it's no longer a phone see that so things are named based on their character or based on the inherent features the qualities that the thing has so when the bible says god is love meaning the nature of god is love the basic inherent character and qualities that god has is love <laughs> okay so now in continuation we notice that first corinthians 13 verse 4 the bible says love is patient love is kind love does not envy love does not boast love is not proud love does not dishonor others it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices in truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres love never fails so let's do a little bit of math okay um you can get a paper where you are so that you are able to understand this so now according to first john chapter 3 chapter 4 Yes, according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, God is love. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is kind, patient, not easily angered, rejoices, hopes in all things, uh, believes all things, never fails, and all those other attributes that we learned. So, here's an algebraic expression. If A equals B, you can write it down, and B equals set x and then inside of the set x there is you know love joy peace you know not easily angered hopes in all things believes all things rejoices in all things in that set which would mean okay if god meaning god equals agape which is love and in first corinthians 13 agape equals set x and inside of set x is everything not easily angered patient rejoices in truth and all those other things it means god equals set x and set x means patient not easily angered and all the other things that you read in according to first corinthians 13. but you might say cassandra can you can i find this in the bible yes you can bible answers bible let us show you let me show you God describing himself now the best person who can know who you are is you the best person to ask if you want to find out anything about you is you so if you want to know about God what you do you ask him and he tells you about himself awesome and in Malachi the Lord God says I am God I do not change meaning this is who he is forever forever means forever this is how he was, this is how he is, this is how he will always be. So, let us see this. Go to Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 to 7. Um, New International Version, Bible says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there within him and said, and proclaimed his name. 
the Lord passed in front of Moses proclaiming, meaning he was proclaiming his name. Remember I said name, the thing or somebody is named according to the character. Mm, okay. So now let us look at how God sees himself, who God is, as he pronounced or proclaimed his name, God the Father. He's proclaiming his name. What does he say? The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, abounding in faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the guilty, okay? He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Do you see that? The Bible says God is compassionate, which means kind. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's not easy to anger. He's abounding in love and abounding in faithfulness. He maintains love with thousands, forgives wickedness, rebellion and sin, and does in no way leave the guilty unpunished. This means that before man was formed, God was always loving. That's his nature. He didn't become loving after creating man. He was loving, he was kind, he was slow to anger, he was all these things. That's who he is. That's his nature. Now, after making you, or after making man, he decided that man should be the object of his love. He is the one he's going to express these things to. Ah, God wants to express himself to you in these ways. The last one that is going to show us that this is his nature, look at trees. A mango tree can never bear apples. A mango tree can never bear guavas. A purple tree is not going to bear, um, I don't know, cherries. Why? Because the seed is different. The seed determines the fruit. Now, if you have a certain seed in you, you will produce certain fruits. The Bible says the man who is born of God cannot sin anymore because the seed of God remains inside of him. The, ability, the seed is the one which has the ability to produce fruit. So now the Bible in Galatians 5 verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. He is the Spirit of God. He lives inside of you, the Holy Spirit sweet sweet holy spirit the the spirit of the living god lives inside of you and begins to produce the father's nature in you he produces kindness and joy and peace and therefore this is your nature when you're born again see that so therefore first corinthians 13 paul is looking at, at at the attributes that god has in describing what agape is he says agape is kind Agape is not easily angered. So now he's looking at God. He's saying, God is kind. God is not easily angered. God never fails. (laughs) Read again uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and read it as God is, God is, God is. And you will see who God is for you. Now, number three, Jesus is the Father's love expression to us. 
I'm going to talk about the general love language soon. But look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible says the sun is the radiance of God's glory. The exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. John 14 verse 9, the Lord Jesus speaks about himself. He says, have I been with you so long a time that you do not know me yet, Philip, nor recognize clearly who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Philip had asked the Lord Jesus to show him the Father. So now, the Lord Jesus is the exact image of the Father. When he walks in, the Father has walked in. What the Lord Jesus cannot do to you, the Father will not do to you. What the Lord Jesus does for you, what, what you see him do in the Bible, that's who the Lord God is for you. Therefore, God will not give you sickness to teach you. Jesus didn't do that to anyone. And he was the expression of the Father. God loves you. And God doesn't want you to fail. God wants you to make it. God doesn't want you to die before your time. Okay? So God really, 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 really loves you. And Jesus is the proof. So, what is the greatest kind of love according to human? Have you watched Titanic or Romeo and Juliet? Obviously, you know them. These are some of the most famous stories ever. Okay? Now, why are they very famous? It is because the character, the male figure in the story, dies for the woman. Is it a surprise that they wrote such a thing? No. Why? The Lord Jesus existed before them. So, therefore, even in writing this, it was probably they, they, they got it from the, from the word. Okay? It's an expression. It is the greatest of love. Genesis chapter 22 verse 12, the Bible says, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. No. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. This is the time when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only child and he was willing to. So now you find that in the olden times, the greatest sacrifice that you can give to a deity or to a god is your son, your own flesh and blood. So people who worshipped idols would actually kill their children and sacrifice to their gods or whatever they worshipped. Now God in this verse did not let him kill his child. Why? God was expressing his love. Now God says, I will give my only son for you. The Lord Jesus in John 17 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. Meaning this is the greatest love in the world. People will know that you love them when you die for them. You see, that is what has been expressed as this is the greatest love man can have. So God does what? Expresses this love. He sees the love language that human beings have. Is that for men, the greatest love is somebody dying for you. Because everybody was afraid of death. Everybody is afraid of them, except those who are born again. So now, the Lord God comes on the earth as a man and dies for you. And more than that, he rises up, meaning he defeats the very thing that determines man's kind of love. He dies, okay, proving 
that he loves us and then he he rises from the dead defeating the very thing that men thought is the greatest kind of love god loves you and he knew your love language and he's died for you you find a man or a woman coming to you and tell you i'll die for you jesus died and rose for you <laughs> god really loves you so what is the proof of god's love for you it is the lord jesus not the money not the car it is the lord jesus not the blessing it is the lord jesus john 10 verse 18 says no one takes it from me this is the lord jesus he says but i lay it down on my own accord i have authority to lay it down i have authority to pick it up again this is the command i received from who my father this is what the lord jesus was saying this is the command i received from my father that you're going to go on the earth you're going to lay down your life and you also have authority to pick it up you will live again even after you die for their sake and he died even the death of the cross john 3 verse 16 says for god so loved the world for god so loved you that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life meaning god was demonstrating his love so now you can no longer go before god and say oh god if you love me you should no now you see because you love me because you know the word of god because you love me lord and i know you will do this and this and this because the bible says if god gave you his only son how much more will he give you everything else as in just ask okay so god really loves you he doesn't you don't it's not no if i pass then you love me even if you didn't pass god still loves you why he proved it on the cross with the lord jesus number four you are the object of god's love romans 5 verse 8 says but god demonstrates or proves his own love for us in this while we were still sinners christ died for us John 3:16 says for God so loved you expanding this would mean for God was so patient for God was so kind for God was so gracious for God was so slow to anger with you for God was so forgiving that he gave his only son for you but whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life this is the proof of God's love for you the death of his son amen the death of his son that is the proof for you and the last part is the fountains of the deep brook now i had an encounter uh, last monday when we had the fellowship and you know we sang for god thinking of genesis chapter 7 verse 11 okay now firstly look at ephesians 3 verse 17 bible says then christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into the into god's love and keeping you strong you may so that you may have the power to understand as all god's people should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is for you so now in genesis chapter 7 verse 11 the bible says in the 600th year of noah's life in the second month on the 17th day of the month on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows from heaven opened and it rained on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights god's love is breaking on you 
the fountains of the deep all the fountains of the deep which contain God's love are breaking and they are flowing towards you the direction is towards you you are about to receive a tsunami of the father's love wherever you are right now in the name of Jesus I pray that you receive a tsunami wave of God's love and rain pours out on your life forever that you may overflow in love that wherever you walk in to a building you flood the place with the love of the father you flood the place with the love of the father you flood the buildings and the places with the love you 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 flood your family and your school and your workplaces with the love of God that people experience a strange love which is the love that you have received from God amen so the fountains of the deep are breaking over your life in Jesus name and with that love you'll be able to love people remember I said you cannot love people in your own capacity you need to receive love from God so next podcast we're going to be talking about the compassionate nature of the of God's love or the father's love for you so we're going to see what it what it means that God is compassionate according to Exodus 34 verse 6 because that's his nature and that nature is love so we're going to see the compassionate nature of God's love over your life otherwise thank you so much for tuning in thank you for your attention and until next time it is goodbye and have a blessed day